This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hi, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. <laughs> how, <laughs> it's like, how are you? I, I don't know why it surprised me that we're like, we're, <laughs> now we're recording. It's like, I, I pressed the button. It seemed like I would know. I, but... was, I was actually wondering, like, maybe we haven't started. No, I don't um, know. Well, good to see you this it's morning. good to see you, yes. And we're, it's a morning. I usually do these in the evening. I know. Well, we're mixing it up. I know. It's, it's for our fans in other time zones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, very, very uh, diverse. What's um, up? Well, actually, someone wrote us someone wrote in and they had a really interesting uh, kind of exercise that they do that I wanted to share with you. I just thought it was really, really awesome. So basically they've set up a daily reminder on their phone for the past couple years to, as a reminder, take one conscious photo each day that sort of pushes the boundaries Mm -hmm. or tries a new perspective on, on where they are at that moment. And I really, I really kind of liked that as a, as an exercise because it's sort of, Instead of trying to elevate and being like, okay, I have to take a great photo today, it's just calendar notice goes off. Just right now, what do a photo? Wow, that's take pretty. A photo. That's intense. I like it. Isn't that cool? I mean, especially if it. I mean, it could be very specific. Like right now, pick up your camera. Right I'm now. I'm not sure how directive <laughs> they've, they've instructed themselves in their. It's like series get series Ser- gets bossy. <laughs> it's like God, God damn it, put that, <laughs> pick that camera up. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I think that there's a tendency to feel like the, the grass is always greener. Like something, I can't take a picture tell there I'm properly motivated. I'm in a beautiful place. Like, we got to yeah. go to Italy. I got to go. And you see that also with people um, feeling like they'll take pictures when they travel, but not like, what am I going to take pictures of here? I'm right. home and it's boring. Um, I had had, uh, I'd saw uh, some photographer I was talking with, I, and they all blur together now, uh, <laughs> was explaining. Wow. <laughs> was, uh, he was sitting with somebody in a car. God, was this Mark? And he was sitting with someone in a car, and the kid was saying, um, let's go somewhere interesting to take pictures. And the guy said, like, we're here. We're here. Everywhere you are is somewhere interesting to take pictures. Yeah. It's you. It's not that. And so I think that comes down to this sort of learning to see thing it's not about the thing um actually there's a quote by elliot Erwitt that's on the wall at Mm neo-modern and i'll post it in the show notes he's basically saying that photography isn't about the thing that you're seeing but the way you're seeing it Mm, i like that yeah i'll I'll, I'll get the quote for you it's 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 pretty (laughs) powerful i've always i mean it was powerful enough that i enshrined it on the wall of (laughs) neo-modern you know i really like it And, and it's true it it so many famous photographers, when you go through their sort of cool quotes that they've said, mm-hmm. talk about photography as this learning to see thing, mm-hmm. seeing different. It's not about the object, so you don't have to, you don't have to be in the, at the North Pole, or um, it doesn't have to be a rocket launch, or like it doesn't have to be this strong big moment. Right. And it, you can look around, and there's some amazing stuff all over the place. So it's definitely learning to see. Yeah, I mean, I kind of struggle with that when I, you know, walking around and. We talked a little bit about this where just my own sense of impatience where I have to actually just stop and kind of be okay waiting for the photo and um, 
being patient enough to kind of yeah like wait wait for it to be great but um i feel like well is it really worth it it's like a you know a curb in san francisco or a you know something just around the corner from my house is that really enough and how do you i mean how do you feel about that well the thing is that the photography is a—it's like a habit. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's you don't just aren't you don't just like point your camera and take pictures. You get better. You really do get better by doing it. Yeah. So if you just wait for those those uh, important things or the big moments, um, you're kind of not really practicing. Mm-hmm. And I I think that this taking a picture every day at this sort of prescribed moment, which yeah. randomly is telling you, take one now. Look around where you are yeah. right now and see what you can see that you weren't really paying attention to. Um, What's also interesting is it just sort of captures those everyday moments that you forget about doing. Well, that's the small moment. I mean, I, I of course, uh, love that people would cover these small moments. Um, You know, my my mom was complaining. (laughs) My mom is like one of our fans here, right? Uh, (laughs) And she was saying in our first episode, we talked. Hi, Mrs. (laughs) Rubin. Mom, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast here. Okay, no, she was saying that uh, she liked the messaging from uh, drawing on the right side of the brain, that if you turn the drawing upside down, you're seeing it differently. Yeah. Uh, she was like, well, how do you do that in photography? Uh, you know, yeah, that's, you, a, that's a great question. I mean, how, how do you do how, that? How do you unsee? And I, I guess I just wanted to think a little more, talk a, a little more to that um, question. You know, so uh, when you look... We, we have a constant field of vision. Like we're always seeing in, visual information is always coming into our head mm-hmm. and it's too much. So what your brain does is it starts to parse visual space, starts to break up visual space into objects. And uh, those objects are made up of lines and shadows and things like that. And mm-hmm. we see those and we put those together into an object in our brain. It comes into visual cortex mm-hmm. and your visual cortex has detectors for edges and lines and stuff like that and then it forms things and then sends it to higher parts of your brain which understands those things so when you're looking out there we don't literally see anymore we're seeing what we know Mm -hmm. and so when I look at you I see Suzanne I don't see this light and that line and all that Mm -hmm. that would be that would be paralyzing at some level right right? it's why when you get a haircut I Mm -hmm. people don't recognize that you got a haircut they can't tell what's different Mm -hmm. like that could only exist because I see you as a as As Suzanne as a whole and not as, as this little as this subset so you so that turning upside down is to unsee what you know in drawing. In drawing, mm-hmm. in so when you have a camera, it's this artificial frame, and when you put it around something and you look at something, that's your moment to take it out of context. Mm-hmm. That that's part of the process. Usually, when you pick the camera up to take a picture, you're thinking in terms of objects. Mm-hmm. That is a chair. That is a sunset. That's Suzanne. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of that. And you're and you're approaching this as the capturing of an object. Yeah. And when you put the frame around it, the practice that I am encouraging is to let go of the knowing part and just look with your eye at what you're seeing and the f- camera frame will help you do that. Yeah. Because w- when you're zoomed out, you know, with your eye and everything, you... You read it. You just read as it. you would need to... I mean, probably just for survival or evolutionarily, you needed to be able to take in a large 
field of vision and make sense very quickly of what you needed to do or where you needed to go. But now if I'm looking at this curb in San Francisco, to continue that story, and I zoom in, it could become a landscape. It could become a, you know, a, a, almost like a thing of beauty because I'm seeing it framed and cropped right. differently. And really it's tough. one of the things that the the modernist photographers, Ed Weston, Ansel Adams, Imogene Cunningham, this group in the in the 20s and 30s, um, started doing was they were they were keep they, they weren't turning things into paintings they weren't making them all blurry and moody and stuff mm -hmm. like that they were really leveraging what a camera can do they were embracing what a camera can do and they were looking closely they were looking at changing the the position of the camera it wasn't square it was funny angles it was cropping strangely imaging cunningham has this wonderful photograph of a of a of a flower and there's no flower in the picture it's just the it's an amaryllis is mm -hmm. what the picture is called and it's just the body of the plant before like the stem. this but it's not it's the flower it's up to the flower but not the flower part okay. and it just has a kind of a cool shape and you think who would take a picture of a flower without the flower in it <laughs> the bloom <laughs> is missing what the bloom yeah. and i and i was sort of moved by that I, I mean it's a beautiful photograph but again she you realize she's not thinking of a flower like like this the object flower mm -hmm. she's just looking at this thing and using the frame of the camera to crop it in a way that changes how you think about it. You cut yeah. the, you cut the, and and again. A beautiful line. I, I don't know the photo. Yeah, so I'll I, show. I, I'll I'll post the photo in the yeah, notes. It, it's also when uh, they would shoot often when they would shoot nudes, mm -hmm. they were taking it out of the context of a naked person, and sometimes you do that by not having someone's face in it. I know there's a lot of discussion, certainly of nudes as being uh, like are these objectifying they're almost always women right. not always but they almost always are is, is this a, a dehumanizing and objectification thing and mm -hmm. i can't i don't want to sort of argue that at this moment but i do sense that by taking someone's face out of the picture it's no longer a picture of suzanne mm -hmm. it's just this form this yeah. just it's like a landscape and it takes on a very different feeling when it's not a picture of the person. It's, right. it's what we're talking about. You're just seeing it with your eyes, the shapes, the, and it's beautiful, right? You have a really, shape. really interesting photo actually hanging in your wall in your studio, which is, um, I think it's like the, the, the crease of an arm, like the, mm. the, the seam, I guess, of an arm going against a body, mm -hmm. but it's printed quite large and it's hanging vertically on the wall and it takes you a second to sort of realize, what is this? You know, because it's like you just see this kind of beautiful, even skin texture and it it's so abstract but then at the same time it kind of pulls you in because your your brain hasn't figured it out yet yeah i so like you look at it longer I, I like that and so that's a game i i play sometimes where if I, especially with sort of the nude type pictures that mm -hmm. i'm doing i want you to feel like you're looking at some or you feel like you're looking at something sort of sexy yeah but you're afraid to look too closely because you're not sure what you're <laughs> looking at and so there's a there's kind of this moment of you're looking, but you're you're not looking. What what is that? Is I hope that's an arm. Like what what? <laughs> like I'm I'm not sure if I should be embarrassed or staring at this so long. And again, it because there's no context. You're looking at light and lines and shapes. Yeah. And there's it's it's fun. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of a fun uh, exercise for uh, for me. Uh, so I think as people are experimenting with photography, um, use the frame to. Uh, take something out of its context even if it's just momentarily even if it's like getting the cliche out of the way get mm -hmm. that lose the context 
and, and it'll, it's like defocusing a little bit. It, it's yeah. like looking at something and not seeing it as a foot, right. but it's seeing it as a line. Yep. And uh, I think that will help. You don't have to stay there. You can kind of pull back. But remember, you're trying to teach yourself how to see with your eye in combination with seeing with your brain. You yeah. want to be able to move between both both of those states. So that's like just sort of my postscript on the drawing on the right side of the brain. I'd say you're photographing with the right side of your brain. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you're I mean, you're teaching yourself to let go of what you know and yeah. just look. Um, when I shoot people, I spend a lot of time sort of moving, forcing myself to move my eyes around the subject mm -hmm. because we're taught to look people in the eye and to see them with our brain. Yeah. And you have to undo that to take a kind of a cool picture. So when you're doing that, how are you keeping someone sort of comfortable or do you let them know like what I, you're doing? You're like, I'm, I'm just I'm looking for different I do. spaces or places. I do. totally let them know because because. It's also unusual if you're being photographed to have someone staring at your knee or whatever, whatever you're doing. <laughs> Maybe you've got great knees. <laughs> <laughs> or your feet. And so I will tell people that while I'm talking to you and I'm taking your picture. Sorry, I'm laughing at um, my own joke. Like, <laughs> Ruben, my eyes are up here. I know. Off th my knees. That is the, that's the thing. My eyes are up here. Yeah. That, that's exactly the problem. <laughs> when you're, it, it's not the problem. That's the, that is how we communicate. That's yeah. a normal thing for us to do. But when we're taking a picture... You, you need to let go of that my eyes are up here thing. It's like, right. don't be looking me in the eye. Look, if you're taking a picture of me, make sure you're looking at me. Yeah. And seeing me for who I am and not like just my face. Yeah. And, because the face is sort of the icon of the piece of the brain that says that's Suzanne. Right. And I need to, to lose that. So usually when I start photographing someone, um, I spend a little bit of time like looking around like I okay I'm looking at the person's feet I'm looking at the person's shoulder I'm looking at their belly I'm doing and I'm just getting them used to the fact that I'm talking and we're relating and I'm not looking them in the eye while we're talking and relating mm -hmm. I'm looking through my lens and I'm taking them out of living context and just seeing what they look like in this mm -hmm. light so to actually practice getting there before maybe you're ready to shoot a model or you have a very patient model, um, I like the idea of that you can practice seeing with these small moments in your current world. So like reframing, again, that curb in San Francisco or mm -hmm. the, you know, that coworker's shoulder or what, whatever it is. But um, I, I think that's a really, a really interesting sort of exercise to get you to that point and then being able to work with someone and sort of see them in different ways. It's nice. Really Sh shooting people is a little harder, and that's why it's nice to practice with uh, the curb in San Francisco yeah. or whatever the thing is. If something catches your eye, yeah. you know, you pull your camera out because something caught your eye and you want to take a picture of it. Now you s now spend a few moments deconstructing, like, how to see that. Like, what will give you that equivalent feeling? It's not a curb in San Francisco. There's something about it wasn't its curbness that made you notice it. Right. There was something about the shadow or the light mm -hmm. or whatever. Now it could have been. Again, there's lots of reasons people take pictures, and mm -hmm. it's not always because something's beautiful or that they can see it beautifully. They, if you want to document something, you want to document something. Right. If you want a picture of the object, just get a picture of the object. But the pra if people are asking, how do you practice s seeing with the right side of your brain? I would say work on this idea of mixing it up like looking at it closely looking at it far changing that um and i think uh, people should try it and let me know if that's working for you yeah i i love that
Thank yeah. you. Cool. Thank you, Ruben. Try it. Well, it's like I also think that note you got was really important. I think that's a, a great lesson for people to just every day at 4.02, <laughs> pull your camera out for five minutes and see what's around you and catch that picture. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I came up with 402. I don't know. I was thinking like 420. Yeah, well, that, that has like, a no, kind of baggage associated with it. That has different connotations. Yes. So I wasn't sure where you got the numbers either. But yeah. I like 402 yeah. or whatever or time whatever works for you. Yeah. Whatever. In your time zone. In your time zone. <laughs> in New <laughs> Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you. Thank you, Ruben. Thanks. It's great. It's good. And uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we are, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. For more information, photos, and show notes, go to www.neomodern.com forward slash podcast. Please leave a review and a rating on iTunes or whatever service you listen in on. It's really helpful to us. It is. And I just want to, again, thank jazz great Mitchell Foreman for our incredible theme music. Um, and everybody out there, we are really enjoying this. Um, so thank you for your attention, and we hope we're giving you some things to work on and maybe think about.